The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. Grace McKeever from entertainment.ie and Joe O'Shea are with us for our weekly TV and streaming. And Joe O'Shea, I'm going to start with your pick of the week because it follows mm. on nicely from the conversation we've just had with Paddy Cullivan and Jimmy Murphy. You have picked a documentary called Cold Case Collins. Yeah, I was actually at Mailablaw yesterday and I was standing on a grassy knoll, as it happens. Uh, so the, uh, having have, having heard Paddy there, I'm not sure if, if I was in the right place, but <laughs> this is basically a, an examination of um, the death of Michael Collins. And it's, it's a twin track investigation and it's an interesting approach. It's on Wednesday in RT1 at 9.35. How, how's the it been done? What are they doing? The, what they're doing is basically the first bit is sort of like a it's a police inquiry uh, as if a, a, an actual police inquiry was carried out in 1924 interviewing key figures from both the uh, the events in West Cork uh, at the, on the day and also talking to kind of leaders leading figures in the um, in the in the independent struggle. Sure, so, we just heard from Paddy. Anyone who was there saw nothing. <laughs> and the people yeah, who so, weren't there knew everything yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah, so that's the first two and a half minutes of the show. Um, <laughs> and, and then after that, and also the parallel strand, uh, former state pathologist uh, Marie Cassidy, Professor Marie Cassidy, she's basically looking at it as if from... T- today, 21st century, kind of what Paddy was talking about. Now, obviously, they haven't exhumed Collins, but looking at it from what they know, what they can tell, they're talking to criminal investigators, um, military strategists, archaeologists, forensic scientists. So they're going to try, they're all getting together in a room, they're going to try and build a picture of what actually happened from what we know. Uh, but, as, as we've just heard, maybe we don't know anything about this. But I think, listen, there's still a fascination with this. Uh, obviously, it's a, you know hugely, uh, it's big at the moment with the anniversary, so I think this is going to be a fascinating show. I'm actually really interested in that. I can't believe they're waiting until Wednesday night of them instead of and showing it tonight. Of course, I know why they can't show it tonight. The damn, the Rose of Tralee. Rose of Tralee, yeah. Tonight yeah, and tomorrow that, night. Yeah, tonight and tomorrow night, yeah. So that's why. Grace, will you be watching the Rose of Tralee? No, it's not really my thing. Um, but I Whose have thing seen... is it, do you think? I mean, you're of the age of most of the contestants. This is the thing. And there has been a bit of controversy, obviously, with the contestants this year who don't really represent a multicultural Ireland. I think, you know, in terms of even something as simple as kind of uh, body image, that kind of thing. But then you're on to kind of ableism, um, racism, these kind of things that are coming up as questions for a cast that's predominantly white, you know, look quite similar. Um, Yeah, these are the questions that have to be asked today. I'm not quite sure who this Rose of Trilly is for. Did you ever watch it? No, never. Never had a real keen interest in it, but you know, if there was this level of diversity, I think people my age would be a lot more interested in seeing what these people have to say and how how they're represented. Joe Shea, I presume you've watched the occasional Rose oh, yeah. over the years, have you? I watched it religiously with my late mother. She absolutely loved it, but mostly so she could criticise the dresses that came out <laughs> one after another. She absolutely loved that. I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of people watch it. I this, You know, this is uh, the, the 2016 Sydney Rose, Brianna Parkins is saying, uh, Perkins is saying that um, Parkins, you know it's not Parkins. D- Parkins sorry yeah. yes it's not diverse enough. Uh, she's pointing out there's no traveller uh, roses, and that's actually that is a good point. That is a good point because the rose tree is supposed to represent the Irish people and the diaspora, right? So really, why has there never been a traveller rose? That's a, that is a very good point. Some of the points she's making, she's talking about that it doesn't represent uh, LG um, the LGBTQ community um, now. 
uh, there was a, 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 a Marie Walsh in 2014 One. was the Rose Julie. She wasn't, I, I'm pretty sure she wasn't out, so to speak, before, but she, she came out very shortly afterwards to a very positive reaction from everybody, including the organisers of the Rose Julie. I know this is a minefield area, right? And believe me, if you're on social media and if you get into transgender debates and all that kind of stuff, it's absolutely, you know, scarily kind of, you know, people have these huge, hugely uh, firm views and and sometimes violent views about these sort of things. Uh, You can't force diversity on something like this. You can't force it. Shouldn't it be happening naturally? Because if you take, for example, what's happening in Irish sport... Yeah. Irish sport is being transformed, I think, by yes. the people who, the children of immigrants who've come to this country. Yeah. All for the better but, but, as well. But, and but surely, no. that, you know, surely there should be at least some people from that background but, but, but representing the, counties in the Rose of Chile. There have been um, mixed race and diverse people in the Rose of Chile, but nobody went to Lennox Ireland and said, you have to have people from different cultures competing. Right? Nobody's gone to them and said that. What's happened is people have come true naturally in the way that it should happen. Listen, I, I, I'm all for diversity, believe me, but you can't force it on something like the Rose of Chile. It has been happen, happening gradually. And as far as body issues are concerned and all that kind of stuff, if you look at the Rose of Chile and the contestants in the lineup, and I mean this in the, in the best way possible, there's all sorts of people there, all sorts of, of types of women, body shapes, all that kind of stuff and that's fantastic and it's bond- I, don't, I, I just, think it's very body I don't, positive. I don't agree with you at all, I don't think it's diverse enough and even as the 2016 Rose said, when I'm talking about body, I'm talking about maybe people in wheelchairs, that kind of thing as well. So there is a level of ableism when it comes to how these people look, what I'm saying, on the surface level so I do think, you know, you said it yourself we're in a more multicultural Ireland today and that's what we need to see there Okay, Will you watch tonight or tomorrow night, Joe? I'll, I'll dip into it, yeah, because like it's 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 the summer tradition for me, and I think for a lot of people as well. I know people like to give out about. It. I know people like, oh God, you know, it's the lovely girls' competition, all that kind of stuff. But it does represent a very, you know, a, a real part of, of our society. And I think to just dismiss it out of hand and saying, well, it, you know, it's prejudice or it's bigoted or it's, you know, it's, it, I, I don't think it makes sense at all. I think it's unfair. Okay. Uh, lots of comments coming in from listeners on this. Uh, the Rosal Tree is not just a lovely girls' competition. It's the festival in the town of Tree that celebrates Irish culture and heritage. Come to the town and you will see plenty of diversity. But I suppose, is that reflected on what we see on our television screens tonight and tomorrow night? Uh, separately that, um, Dahi O'Shea, what a great presenter. There's a terrific podcast at the moment, Joe, uh, that Mario Rosenstock has done with him, which is very, very funny. Um, Dahi, I think, has really nailed this. Isn't it maybe the best presenter of all? The best since Gay Byrne? What do you think? Definitely the best since Gay Byrne, because it, it's, it's, it's kind of what he was born to do, to be honest with you. And I, and I mean that in the best way possible. He's got the, he's, he's got the, he's got the, natural, the natural interest, the natural curiosity uh, and a real enthusiasm for, for the Roses. There have been presenters recently that you would have looked at sometimes and thought uh, they're not really loving this and, and maybe they're doing it because it's the gig, you know. But that's not the case with Dahi. He absolutely loves it and it comes across like that. He is definitely the best since Gay, maybe better than Gay. Okay, uh, let's move on. Apple TV has a new series, Grace, which is set very much in Dublin. Dublin looking absolutely wonderful in it. 
Bad Sisters. Before we play a clip, tell us a little bit about it. So this is a real kind of black comedy. It's super Irish. It's written by Sharon Horgan and she also stars in it. It's about five sisters with this incredible bond from growing up. One of the sisters is getting into a bit of trouble with this guy who we're introduced to as a corpse that has been taglined on the bottom of the screen as the prick. And as we go on (laughs) to watch the first two episodes, we really see why he's the kind of person that takes his daughter's confirmation money. He's extremely rude to his house guests. Yeah, at one level it's coercive control is what he's engaged in which is actually sort of a very dark undercurrent in it. Yeah, But doesn't sure. necessarily at the same time legitimise what's going to happen to him. No. So it is very interesting like he is absolutely horrible from just the comments he makes to his daughter like you don't want to eat too much there it's Christmas days and you don't want to eat too much or you'll end up fat like your cousin and then you have the more harmful stuff of course down the line Um, but yeah so these sisters can kind of see what's going on with this guy who's married to their sister and you know metaphorically and perhaps literally they want to kill him Amory Duff is the wife but in this scene that we have the four of the sisters played uh, by Sharon Horgan Eva Berthissel Eve Hewson and Sarah Green and we need to give you as we're required to do the warning as to potentially offensive language She wasn't always like that He's sucking the life out of her She doesn't stand up to him though You say anything to her and she thinks that you're jealous She doesn't She knows She knows that's not why we're Just him getting to her well, we'll just have to wait till he dies of cancer or something. Yeah, best part of our life will be over by then. I don't know. He's got gout and that ulcer. Lucky wind, you could fuck off in the next ten. Happened before then. People get killed every day. What's that mean? I mean, why not give nature a helping hand? All our worries will be over. <laughs> I often think about pointing to that soft spot in his head. Right through to his brain. This is Phoebe. <laughs> I feed him to the Hurley's pigs. Bury him piece by piece in their mushroom beds. More shit for him to grow out of. <laughs> Fine, I tamper with the brakes of his shitty Volvo if I knew what the fuck I was doing. <laughs> Shove him into deep dark water. Feed him to the sharks. Let the seagulls feed up his eyes. Beat him to a monster. Shove him out of a plane. Kill the prick. Kill the prick. I fucking hate him. Filmed in the 40 foot in Dublin. Dublin, I say, has rarely looked better. There's probably never been as much of a budget on making it look good. But I also thought, Grace, that uh, Sharon Horgan scripts it, stars in it, but uh, she really shares out the lines for everybody else to deliver. She does. Like, there's just so much humour packed into it and it really is an ensemble piece and there's just so many Irishisms down to small things like this pregnant lady she asks her partner oh will you get me a wee surprise in the shop and just things like that that and are then start shouting for chips immediately afterwards <laughs> yeah exactly just things like that that are really subtly Irish like one of them gets a dry robe for Christmas this kind of thing and it's just as much as it is horror black comedy you know maybe notes of alcoholism coming up these kind of things it is light and a bit of crack at the same time. Okay, now Joe, I meant to watch the first episode last night but having been away in the Iron Islands for the weekend I was too tired, had to give up and take an early Mm. night. Uh, House of the Dragon, how is it? Well, you would have had to stay up until 2am to see it last night. (laughs) It's... um, 
Here's the good news for Game of Thrones fans. It's very good. Uh, it's surprisingly good and it got off to a surprisingly quick sp- start because I thought it said 172 years before the, uh, you know, the, the, the end of the last Game of, Tr- of, of, Game of Thrones, the, the series, right? So I thought the first hour would be all lots of heavy handed exp- exposition. You know, I am, you know, uh, Prince Targaryen of the house, blah, 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 and all this kind of stuff. And it, it's not like that at all. It gets, it really does get straight into, what you'd expect from Game of Thrones action. It's very bloody, incredibly bloody. There's one, there's a scene in the, in the, uh, in, in, at the start where there's a kind of a sweep of the underworld of, of King's Landing and it's, it's incredibly bloody. And there's a, there's a, also a jousting kind of scene which is really bloody as well. But it's great fun. It looks fantastic. Uh, the, Actors are good. Paddy Constantine is very good as this kind of weak King Viserys. And Matt Smith, who is, who is in Doctor Who, he plays this guy called Prince Damon or Demon. And uh, guess what? He's a baddie. Uh, it's just a lot of fun. It looks great. It looks like money. It looks like they spent a lot of money on it. If you love Game of Thrones, you're probably going to love it. And one last thing, there's a great uh, uh, thing on, on social media at the moment. Uh, it was broadcast at, uh, you know, uh, at, uh, in, last night in the US and somebody put a camera on a big tower block in New York City and they're all obviously watching it at the same time because the light, the TV light is all flashing at the same time for the, for the exciting bit. So that, that looks great. But it's great. It's a lot of fun. Okay. Uh, people want to know the name of the Sharon... Horgan drama. It is Bad Sisters and it's on Apple TV. To finish, Grace, what's your pick of the week, please? My pick of the week is a series by Untold. Um, It's called The Girlfriend Who Didn't Exist. It's on Netflix and it's just a really quick two episode docuseries. But this kind of harks back to an era of the online that was a bit more innocent, like your name might have been Puppy Lover 70 or something like that. Um, Is that your name? (laughs) Actually, no, but maybe at the time when I was 10. Um, no, this goes back as far as twenty or 2009. Um, it talks about a catfishing story, but that happened to someone who was in the public eye, this guy Manti Teo. He was in the uh, charted to get into the NFL over in the States. And basically this catfish story usurped all of that from under him. Um, and it's a very interesting watch. Okay, that's on Netflix, Untold, The Girlfriend Who Didn't Exist. Thank you very much for being with us, uh, Grace McKeever and Joe Shea. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here.